All right. Welcome to Phi Gravity family. This is Juliana Sauber again, talking with another amazing woman who has taken her struggles and turned them into strategies. I see women every day who have made their hardship a lesson and a path to freedom. And it's inspiring to talk to them so you can hear their story, be inspired by it, and choose a freedom path for yourself. These women, like Stina, who have walked with the mountain to see a clear vista of a bright future, are sharing their learnings and coaching other women and men to do that for themselves. I first met Stina when we were talking about a more natural lifestyle, and I was so impressed with how calm her kids were. They had a happiness and a zest for life, and I just love that. She was making water kefir and fermented vegetables and doing all kinds of super cool, earthy, crunchy things. Yet there was more going on beneath the surface. It's the beneath the surface for all of us that the shadow work is done and the opportunity to learn and share with others comes from. Stina has become a success and communication coach and she's been coaching for five years, copywriting for two and a half and a mom for almost 10. So Stina, welcome. It is so amazing to talk with you today on boundaries and empowered communication and whatever fun stuff comes up. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. This is a blast to connect with you. Yes, you too. You too. Um, I always love to like, let's start with your, like the, let's talk about the journey. Like, where were you, where are you at now? And tell us a little bit about some of the experience that you had along the way. Mm, Yeah, it's quite the, quite the story. (laughs) So, (laughs) well, I'll just start out by saying growing up, I was always the good girl, the cheerleader, the beauty queen, and just I had super loving and supportive parents that I feel like our family had a very like normal, tolerable level of dysfunction. I'll put it that mm. way. Cause like nobody <laughs> has a perfect family. Right. Right. Um, but they were at every sporting event, every award ceremony, every field trip. My mom was super involved in, in my school. And I just felt like I had such a stable home environment and I only really can value that now in hindsight, be like, whoa, like that was such a gift. Mm. Um, And so I just, I had so much support and I loved my teachers and I loved school and I got straight A's and I was valedictorian and it felt like, I felt like the formula was easy to figure out, like how to be successful when you're young. Right. Mm -hmm. And then towards the end of my um, high school, high schooling, I was dating someone whose family was Jehovah's Witness. And Mm -hmm. I started to ask him questions about what they believed. And there were just some things that I was like, what? That doesn't like, that doesn't make sense to me. And it was, it really sparked me to go, wait, I don't even know what I believe. Like, Mm -hmm. I can't really say that I don't believe that because I don't really have an alternative And so growing up where I did, I was like, well, looks like I better buy a Bible, go to church and figure this out. And that was literally like the, to me, that was the moment where I decided to take my like spiritual journey and my life into my own hands. And Mm -hmm. it wasn't like smooth sailing after that, but it was (laughs) definitely that curiosity has driven me ever since to where if I don't know something or I feel uncertain, I'm just like, well, let's figure it out. Let's gain the knowledge. Let's go get, you know, someone to help me understand it. So, mm-hmm. um, so I started to get involved with the church and that was like, 
I kind of, I kind of threw myself into that and was, I, I almost hate to say indoctrinated because I don't think that I, they ever did a very good job indoctrinating me <laughs> in the mm-hmm. church. <laughs> I don't right? think I'm indoctrinatable um, because I always had <laughs> bigger questions than anyone could answer. You know, it was like, I wanted to know, like, I was asking things that theologians have been asking for hundreds of years and no one agrees on. Um, Right. And so I just found that I was really drawn to, I was drawn to the parts of the Bible that talked about like prophecy and healing and praying and laying hands on and like that otherworldly, you know, mystical like experience of the divine. Mm -hmm. And that's what I wanted. And I would just, I was like, well, if the Bible says it's good and God gives these things, then I should just ask for them and then God will give them to me. And it seemed very simple in my mind. Um, And I hadn't grown up in the church. Like my dad was Baptist. My mom was Methodist, but just sort of by like familial affiliation, it Mm -hmm. wasn't like practiced in my family. So I didn't have all of those programs about how I should believe or how I should pray or the way that anything worked, um, which was such a gift because I was like, yeah, you just pray and then God answers you. And like this guys, it just, it says it in the Bible. Like what, you know, what's, what's the big deal. Um, and so it, it got harder and harder for me to like fit into the box that I felt like I was kind of put in and I got married really young. I was, it was my 19th birthday, three days before my wedding. So I was very, very young, just, you know, a year out of high school. Um, And two years after that had my first child. And then a couple years after that had my, my second and actually had two miscarriages in between my two kids. Mm. And so between just life experience, continuing my like spiritual journey and then coming out of baby miscarriage, miscarriage, baby. Yeah. (laughs) I had this, you know, my daughter, we had kind of a tumultuous journey with nursing. And so once she was kind of like weaned, I just had this feeling of I've got to do something more with myself. Mm -hmm. And so that was kind of when I started writing and found out about, you know, online business and how to run a coaching business. And that's when, when that all, all started. But Mm -hmm. through all of that, like there's so, there's so many little stories within the stories. There's, you know, my son was born via C-section. I had my daughter at home. um, So she was a home birth after cesarean and wow. then just now I'm losing track of time because I'm like, oh, my gosh, it's really been like three years ago now almost that in my now previous marriage, um, we decided to open our relationship. And then after roughly a year of having an open relationship, I started to feel like things were not going to work out basically yeah. <laughs> uh, to put it, to put it, you know, simply. Um, and yeah. so I had this like really interesting year of dating and discovering, like figuring out what's the difference between like open relationships and polyamory and all of these relationship styles. So I, I've gone mm-hmm. from really hard, I would say super hardcore monogamy 
um, in the church, like waited to have sex till my wedding day. Um, I even told uh, my partner. Now I said, I just had this flashback memory. I totally have blocked it out that I moved into the apartment that I was to share um, with my husband at, at 19. I moved into that apartment before he did before the wedding. And we went and bought our, our queen mattress, you know, this, this is our bed. And mm-hmm. so the bed was in the, the apartment, but I kept sleeping on my twin mattress on the floor at the foot of the bed. Like I wouldn't oh, even wow. sleep in the bed. Without him. Wow. Like, and, and honestly, I look back and I'm like, that's who I am at my core. When I say I'm going to do something, I'm so like all in fully mm-hmm. present going to do it to the a plus level and now the 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 maturation of that is to actually go where does that serve me and where does that yeah. actually hinder me that everything has to be so perfect right and so it's been cool to start to work some of that out and to reduce my like ocd tendencies <laughs> for <laughs> perfection um and over the course of my life to really find out what's important to me and what matters for me and what works for me, because yeah. I still do pray and I still do have what the church might call a relationship with God. It doesn't yeah. fit into a really nice, tidy little box. Right. And I still have some connections with people who they, they don't always express it overtly. Sometimes they do, but it's, it's that, you know, oh, you're living in sin now, or you're not living a godly life anymore. Mm. And so, and they are like, I love you so much. And I am so glad you're happy. But there's like that undertone, you know? Yeah. And, and it just has taught me a lot about standing in my power, making decisions Mm -hmm. for my own life and keeping those boundaries where it's like, this is what's on your side of the fence. And this is what's on my side of the fence. And right. that's just something that I, you know, even teaching my kids that, you know, when they want to, oh, she did this, or he's not doing this. Mm-hmm. And I go, you focus on you, you know, that's, you don't even need to worry about that. And, and teaching them that at such a young age, I think is so mm-hmm. important. Because yeah, once you get to be an adult, there's an onslaught of other people's opinions, what they think you should do with your life, how you mm-hmm. should, how you should live and how, how your relationships should be. And being able to let go of those restrictions has, like you said in the intro, like you come into this place of, oh my gosh, like I have so much freedom here. I can yeah. actually do what I want to do. I can actually live the life I want to live. And I don't have to keep, like, it's almost like, you know, you bring an assignment to the teacher and they correct your, your essay and they mark it all up and you go and correct it again. You bring it back and they mark it all up again. You're like, right. Is this ever going to end? And that's what it feels like when you're going to someone else for approval constantly. And when you're, yeah. you're asking someone else to like validate your story or your life choices, it's like, it's never good enough for anyone. There's always mm-hmm. going to be somebody else has some problem with it. Yeah. And, so when you just, when you have that, it's beyond confidence. It's like the security and safety in yourself to just say, this is what I'm doing. 
it's the right decision for me and everyone else can just, you know, worry about themselves. (laughs) Yeah. I'm not concerned. (laughs) Yeah. I, I hear you. I mean, uh, my own journey has been similar in that I had to get to know what was important to me. I had to establish boundaries and mine started with no drama in my life. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, I had to clear Amen. drama out and that, <laughs> that meant a lot of like, sorry, I can't hang out with this person. Sorry. I need to cut this activity out or this group out. Um, so that's huge. Mm. Absolutely huge. So where do you, where do you feel like you started with, I mean, there's two big elements, right? There's um, what, what are my boundaries and how do I make them happen? Mm. in my life because we can all go hey I don't really like that mm-hmm. um, but it's the how it's establishing it and enforcing it piece of it mm-hmm. um, that are that can be the hardest part right yeah so for me when I think about my boundaries where I actually start is with my priorities and that's where I start like my clients too is like let's first focus on like, what are your priorities? And I have a process I'll go through so that we can get so clear on what matters to them. Because sometimes there's things that we just learn to kind of like let go of and like, it's not a battle worth fighting. (laughs) You know, you may have like a family member that like, that's just what they're going to do. And you're just going to be like, well, I go to Christmas. That's the way they act. It stays at Christmas and I don't have to worry about it the rest of the year. Right. Like, yeah. Right. You know, don't consume <laughs> your energy with, with that. But when it comes to like, here's the things that really matter to me. Then when stuff comes up in our life, we have like a center to return to and somewhere that we know, like the, this is what actually matters to me. And so all these other things I don't have to consume myself with. Um, and then, and then setting boundaries for me is about what I'm going to do. It's not about what the other people are going to do. Yeah. And I think that's the biggest thing that I had to learn in the beginning about boundaries, because a lot of boundary teachings I find are almost like negotiations or like trying to control the other person, trying to make sure something doesn't happen to you or make sure someone doesn't you know, treat you a certain way. And ultimately you can't control what anyone else does or what they say or how they feel about you or how they treat you. And so it's been really powerful for me to just go, okay, if this person does this thing, what is the response that I need to have? And sometimes the response is no response like that's that's a legitimate response to have. Yeah, absolutely. So if you've got somebody who um you know whether it's a family member, whether it's an ex, whether it's a a friend with you know their drama and somebody just kind of like dumps a statement on you, right? They're just kind of like putting their energy out there at you and and mm-hmm. with this feeling you feel like they expect something from you, but they're not telling you what it is. Mm-hmm. You know, that's drama is a lot of that, like making assumptions, not speaking our desires clearly, um, trying to kind of manipulate a conversation. Yeah. And I know you've talked a little bit about that too, in our, in our interactions, um, on your podcast about like how you, those energetic dynamics, right? So when you mm-hmm. have somebody coming at you with that energy, you can just leave it. 
and not respond to them, not even reply. And just knowing that that's an option is so powerful. That is a boundary that you get to have. You're not required to defend yourself to people. You're not required to explain yourself. You're not required to convince them that you're in the right. And so that's, that's one thing that's, that's been really powerful for me. And another one is that I get to choose boundaries that I have around my time, my energy, my attention, and knowing where I want that to go, where I want my time to go, where I want my energy to go and my focus, my attention to go. When someone else wants that, when someone else wants your time, they want you to go do something, they invite you somewhere, they ask you for help with something. It makes it really clear what's going to, what's going to feel like an obligation, you know, and, Mm -hmm. and just starting to learn how to say no and, and not follow it up with your life story. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) Um, You know, in the 12 reasons why I'm saying no. (laughs) Yeah. Like sometimes a brief like explanation is fine. Like my personal trainer canceled on me one day because he had a nail in his tire. You know, he's like five minutes before, I'm so sorry, I have to cancel and like sends me a picture of the nail in his tire. You're like, oh, that sucks, you know. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but ultimately, he doesn't even owe me that. Like he can just say, sorry, I got to cancel. And it just is yeah. what it is. And we're not used to managing our own emotions when mm-hmm. someone says no to us. And so in turn, we're afraid to say no to someone else. Because we're trying to caretake for their emotions yeah. by, by saying yes or by defending it or explaining. And I feel like when you get to a point in your life where you're really happy with your life, you have the connections in your life that you want to have, you don't really have time to entertain other people's like you said, their drama, the, yeah. they're over explaining themselves, defending themselves, trying to convince you of things. You're like, can you just like, what are, what's the cliff notes here? <laughs> like, Bottom line. What do me. I need to know? <laughs> yeah. Um, and I've learned at least in my personal life, men seem to be much better at this than women. And I know that's yeah. a very, yeah. very like stereotypical gender division, but I, it's amazing to me how much women feel like we need to give so much just to be safe, like just for it to be mm. safe for us to say no, mm-hmm. or for it to be safe for us to not respond to someone, not give them our energy, um, just to be safe to express, you know, please do not do this thing, or please do not treat me that way. Like, you know, we, we can say that. And Mm -hmm. And that's not even the boundary, like, just to be clear, like saying, please, you know, please do not address me that way or something like that. That's not a boundary. That's a request. The boundary comes in when you see how they respond to your request, right? Mm -hmm. If they say, well, that's ridiculous. You know, they come back with that energy. Well, the boundary then is I'm done responding, right? I'm done with the conversation. Um, If they, if they're receptive to that, then you have an exchange. You have cooperation between the two of you and you can like collaborate yeah um but I found that it's it's been such a process for me to like develop that filter of you know what's this person saying that I actually need to know um 
looking at my own emotional triggers to other people's responses to me and Mm -hmm. like having boundaries with myself. So that's the other thing is like, you get to have boundaries with yourself where it's like, Oh no, no, no. We don't go into drama land over there. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) We're we're done with those loops. We're, we're done with that. Um, We're going to go over here, like redirect that neuro energy, redirect our, our thoughts and our focus. And that can be so challenging, especially like coming out of, uh, you know, a 10 year marriage, Mm -hmm. all of the patterns and habits and beliefs and systems of managing myself are still there and have to be like rebuilt Mm -hmm. in a new life. And it's something that you, you don't, that's just not something you can do in the moment. Like it's always a hindsight thing where you're like, oh my gosh, I didn't even realize I was doing that. I didn't even realize I was compromising myself in that way. I didn't Mm -hmm. even realize that I was saying yes to fill in the blank when I didn't want to. Right. Right. You only realize it when you start to do the work on having new experiences, you know, new relationships, new ways of communicating, new ways of connecting. And you're like, I didn't know this was possible. And I think when you say, I didn't know this was possible enough times is when you finally open your mind to the reality that anything is a possibility, you know, Oh, I actually could create anything here. I actually could, you know, change my career or I actually could meet my soulmate or I actually could totally change the way that I parent my children. Like, all of those are possibilities. So whatever it is in your life, that's not where you want it to be. That feels off. And some, and I will say like, that's the best indicator for me is like something just feels off. It feels like it's too much work. Like mm-hmm. that's a pretty good sign that there's, you're lacking in boundaries that you're not in your power that, yeah. you know, there's, there's work to be done there. Um, And I think we torture ourselves, or at least I do (laughs) torture myself with trying to make things work that just Mm -hmm. don't work well. Yeah. It's so draining to do. And so, you know, but that's, that's because again, that patterning and the programming of this is just the way that I do things. This is Mm -hmm. the way that I keep, keep up appearances, the way that I keep up my image Uh, the way that I please other people and keep them happy and keep the peace. And so, yeah, we get really entrenched in that. And, and it takes more neuro energy to get out of the destructive patterns. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I, my, my good friend and mentor um, has taught me so much about that. She's like, when your kids don't want to sit down and do like a worksheet, you know, you think this is so simple. It's a worksheet. It's right here. It's just these questions, not a big deal, but it takes actually less neuro energy for them to go screw around in the living room, get out their Legos, do five million other <laughs> right? things. Yeah. Um, it just takes less neuro energy. And so remembering that like transformation takes that like infusion and an investment up front of a lot of energy. It's like, if you want to invest in real estate or you want to invest in the stock market, you need a chunk of cash to go all in upfront and then get your return over time. Um, But when you're in a, in relationships that are dramatic or toxic or, uh, you know, dysfunctional, however that is, 
it's like it can take a long time for you to get the courage up to even do that, to even say, I'm going to make this investment myself. I'm going to, I'm going to change this part of my life. Um, but it's, it's really powerful. It is Uh, my own experience. And I think probably for a lot of others was that we live in this level of discomfort, fear, anxiety, frustration, whatever it's, it feels normal. Hmm. We've had it for so long that it, we're kind of numb to it, right? Yeah. It's just the way it's supposed to be or they're just it just is what it is, right? Uh, but my in my own personal experience and, and those I think that have been on this path, uh, when you experience satisfaction and peace and comfort, like like that internal sigh of relief. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you then have a really good measurement stick, right? Mm. Because then you go, okay, I love that space. I want to be there. Oh, wait, this is really causing me a lot of discomfort. Mm. Let's explore this and find out how it is we get back down to that peace and comfortable level. Mm-hmm. Um, not that every day is going to be that way because it's not. But at the very least, like you said, you have a center point to come back to. Mm-hmm. So the center point isn't frustrated or in fear, anxiety, or just the center point is peaceful and calm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I have found that learning about all of the different ways that our nervous system processes stress basically. Yeah. Is it's just mind blowing. Um, Mm -hmm. because we were taught like, Oh, fight or flight. But there's like fight or flight or fawn or freeze or, you know, there's mm-hmm. where it seems like every few months we're like, oh, actually, there's another one. And I'm like, yeah, shocker. Like, we've, <laughs> right? we've got plenty of coping mechanisms for yes, our environment. And yeah. when we go into that, when when you have a sustained trauma. So I think just to kind of like zero in on trauma, too, when I talk about that, I spent a lot of time in the self-help world, I will say even actually in religion, it started with religion. What do I need to be forgiven for? Right. Everybody Mm -hmm. needs to be forgiven. We all have sins. We need to confess them and be forgiven. Right. So I, as the valedictorian, perfect, never did anything wrong. Like, you know, 16 year old that I was, I am like searching my heart. Like it is a treasure map, you know, like, where yep. is it? Where is the thing, the terrible, horrible thing that I did? Cause I need to make sure that I confess it. <laughs> right. And like the only thing I could think of was like, I fooled around with my boyfriend a little bit. So that's definitely the worst thing that I've done. And it needs to be confessed. And like, I made myself feel so terrible about it so yeah. that I could like feel relieved of it it was very strange but I found the same thing with self-help was like let's talk about all your childhood wounding and let's you know go through all this stuff and I was like I had a great childhood I mean there was you know okay I can work there's definitely things I can work on but overall like the level of quote-unquote trauma that I experienced was was lower I felt like than people other people I was around I didn't have right wasn't molested. I didn't have sexual trauma. I wasn't ever raped. Like just that alone Mm -hmm. sets me into this place where I'm like, I have so much responsibility to use that like kind of advantage really to help other people. Um, And so that, that feeling of like having to go find a big thing, you know, find the thing 
that was my trauma. Like I had a house fire. Okay. I, I, that's my trauma, you know? Right. But ultimately like you also can have trauma that happens over the course of years. And it's just this like low level sustained drain on your energy. And that's where I think, you know, women that go into really like really intense corporate careers and they, they just, they go and they go and they go and they just, they have no boundaries and they just, they say yes to everything. And they're always trying to keep everything together. And like then, and, and then <laughs> how many of those stories are, and then I found myself in the hospital hooked up to five different machines one day, try, you know, like just yep. trying to stay alive because mm-hmm. their body is just completely shut down. And yep. So we also get to give ourselves credit for that in a way and say, there are some things that are kind of invisible while they're happening. And then one day you've just had enough, whether it's psychologically or physically, your body says, I'm, I'm done. I'm done with this. Yeah. And that's when, that's when you can really start to then, you know, shift out of that, shift out of those those patterns and that, that fight or flight. Right. Um, and so I'm just, I've been learning about like that, that freeze response too. And the like immobilization. Yeah. And that's really what happens in that gradual situation because you, it kind of sneaks up on you and then you do feel kind of immobilized and you're like, I've been in this relationship for so long. Like, am I just going to throw that away? You know? And then right. you add, and I'm talking personally, like when I added the idea that like divorce is just never even on the table. Mm. I, no one in my family growing up was like all of my aunts and uncles, like nobody got divorced, you know, growing up in a very small town. Like if somebody's parents got divorced, it was a big deal. It was mm-hmm. like really big deal. And, and I just thought, oh, that means you have a broken home. And it means that all those poor kids. And, and there was just so much stigma on that for me. And so deciding that that's what I wanted and that's what I needed was like, oh, I'm really going to do this. I'm really going to mm. do this thing. And, and it, it, I had to get out of that immobilized state. And right. so, you know, I've had friends say, well, did you, do you think that opening your relationship is is what caused the divorce basically. And I say, no, it just always part of the journey. Like it just, yeah, all is part of what got me there. And I don't, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have known how to do it any other way. I did it the best way that I knew how at the time. Yeah. Um, and I think that's, we, we can just say, okay, what can I do? That's like one step better. Because when you set a boundary, even, you may set a boundary today and be like, great, this is a good boundary. It feels good. I know that I know how I'm going to show up or how I'm going to respond. And then a few months later, like you may need to move that boundary. (laughs) Right. You need to change it. And we just can be so afraid of change that we're just in that state of immobilization, that, that stress response. And it just takes a little crack in the door, you know, just a little light that you can Mm -hmm. see. And you're like, I think something more is possible. And, and then you just follow that one little thing. And it's like, 
you get another another step and another step and another step and before you know it you look back and you're like I don't even recognize who that was yeah yeah I think that concept of something more is possible keeps pulling you forward Mm -hmm. on those steps Uh, because if you lose hope you get stuck so yeah there we're we live in this amazing universe of infinite possibility Mm -hmm. so we're not really ever stuck unless we believe we're stuck Mm-hmm. so that's a great belief to shift is we're not stuck there are so much oh my gosh there's so much possibility and opportunity mm-hmm. uh, in every situation it sounds amazing and it sounds really like hard to believe in some cases but there is something in everything mm-hmm. yeah so true mm-hmm. so amazing Wow. Um, I would love to get into a conversation with you about the need for validation. How about we, um, we have that conversation at another podcast? Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah. Cause that's a big one. That was a big one for me. I went through, mm-hmm. I was the corporate, you know, climb the ladder, got to vice president, you know, did all the big hard projects. I was going to take on everything that built and I did literally hit a wall. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 My wall was a car. (laughs) Oh, like I actually had a car accident in. So it was like January that, uh, that the open relationship thing started. And in May of that year, I T-boned another car, completely totaled both cars. Oh my. Um, and both of us walked away from the scene. Like that's amazing. Insane. But like, I, I had that impact the airbag hit my chest Mm. and as I'm spinning in the car I it like everything got so slow yeah I'd never had one of those moments in my life before where like literally you're like no time slows down yeah and my thought was this can't be the last scene in my movie oh yeah I'm, I haven't done what I came here to do yet. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, no. And I was, like, waiting for another car to hit because I couldn't see anything. It was all yeah. the airbag fog. And I couldn't see anything. I was waiting for another car to hit. And the car stopped. And I still, I was, like, waiting. Right. And then it was, like, okay. Like, no more cars. Um, and I just, my chest was hugely bruised from from the airbag and seatbelt. And, but what I felt literally was my heart space had like been broken through. Oh yeah. And I was like, kind of made a mental note to myself. Something's going on with my heart. Mm. And, and I feel like that was one of those like kind of hitting a wall things. And I actually, weirdly enough, also felt it coming earlier that day because I was working out and I remember doing some presses or something. I was at, at a gym on one of those machines and I like, couldn't, it felt like I couldn't work out hard enough. Mm. And I was like, I was craving this like intensity. And I was like, I mean, I could have gone for, you know, getting it another way. (laughs) Right. Like my car. Yeah. But it was just this, like, yeah, I just, I needed that. And, and that spurred me on towards, um, later, like going and leasing my first new car that I ever had leased. 
And that kind of became like, it was like one step at a time towards like my own independence and freedom. Mm -hmm. And I didn't really know it was happening along the way um, until I did. Like one day you're just like, okay, that's it. That's all I can take. That's all I'm going to do. Right. Um, So yeah. And that, that goes back to that boundary with yourself. You come up to that boundary and you're like, all right, like we're for real this time. Let's yeah. do it. <laughs> Decision point. Yeah. Ugh. What a beautiful story. I mean, you know, painful, but difficult and beautiful at the same time. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. The moment you open your heart space, oh, it feels so good. <laughs> Everyone needs to have that experience when that opens up and you go, oh, this is what this feels like. I love this. Mm. <laughs> right? You know, and it can also be, I've had friends and clients, um, that have done some pretty intense work with. And one specifically after I had that experience, I had a friend and I was like, I think that you need this kind of heart opening, but like, let's not get you in a car wreck, you know? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Um, and it was really scary for her because to let someone into that space is something she hadn't done. Right. You know? And so there's so much, we need so much safety to be able to do that. And most of us aren't equipped with the skills that we need to build relationships that are really, truly safe for us to be in. Yeah. And I found that. So it was around um, November, November, beginning of November, that same year when I was like, I'm so sick of dating. Like Mm. I'm so over it. Like, I've done all the things I've learned. I've had fun. It's been great. I haven't ever dated as an adult before. So what an experience. Awesome. And I was just like, but I want somebody that's safe. I want somebody that's reliable. I want somebody that's committed. Like, yeah, I'm such an intense, honest, loyal, committed, devoted person that like dating just didn't suit me well. (laughs) No, at all. And like having multiple partners, I was just like, it's just exhausting. It just takes too much by my brain power. Yeah. Um, and emotional power, like energy too. So I was like, I deserve, I deserve that. I deserve that relationship. Yeah. Cause I had been telling other people the person, the perfect person for you is out there. And I believed it. I believed what I was telling them 100%. And I didn't believe right. it for myself. Yeah. And I just, I just made that decision. I had that enough is enough. I'm, I'm tired of dating. I was like, well, I'm not going to stop dating. Cause like, how else am I going to meet someone? <laughs> like, you still right. kind of have to date, but I didn't want to date the way that I had been, I guess. Yeah. And yeah. I just kind of, I was like, okay. And I was like, so that person's out there. Yep. I'm going to start writing them letters. Like, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna write letters to him. How fun. And I thought, it's going to, I told myself, it's going to be eight years. You know, you're going to have to write these letters for eight years. And I met him a month later. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which Whole is 30 you know, days. <laughs> you like, it's one of those like quantum time collapsing, like uh-huh. things where you're like, you just lock it in where you're like, I know this is coming and I believe it'll be eight years. I can believe it. I can believe it's eight years out. And then a month later, I met him after 
a few phone conversations and a couple in-person meetings, I was like, I have some letters for you. And I was like, I feel like absolutely crazy in that moment. But where I was at when I met him was literally, I do not give a, I don't give, like, I don't care. Like I just had nothing left to care about anyone's opinion of me. I was like, I, I'm just going to completely be myself uninhibited. I got nothing to lose. These people are strangers on dating apps. Like if they don't like me, I don't care. So exactly. I just totally went into it with that energy. And then I meet this person who gets that energy from me and is like, he, he describes it as a 18 wheel semi coming to a, a <laughs> fast stop. When he right? saw me, he's like, it's like, I saw you on the side of the highway and it's like, you know, like right. trying to stop fast <laughs> enough. I just saw the whole package. And I was like, Hey, like I was in the energy of not caring. I was so detached. But at the yeah. same time, had that complete faith. And so it's just amazing what happens when you get into that space and that energy for yourself of like the safety, the certainty, the clarity, and like having patience for things to unfold. Yeah. Then they happen really quickly. They do. And if, that's pure manifesting right there. Yeah. Right. You, yeah. you've put it out there. You believe it's coming. You get detached from the outcome and you let it roll. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just watch it happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And just watch it come in. And that's and then, where like doing the heart work is so important because then, you know, when that happens, you're actually available enough for it. And then you can yeah. keep opening in deeper ways and on mm-hmm. deeper levels. And I can honestly say, with my partner like it doesn't matter what mood I'm in what I have to say how I'm feeling what's happening like I can completely be myself with him without filters or sensors or or trying to like trying to help him to like get me what a great thing I, I I'm so glad I'm living it so that I can say to other women it's possible and you need to get out of that situation right yeah I mean I in my case I did it within my marriage but it was um all so much of it was my own work Mm -hmm. and in doing my own work I took my own drama and my trauma out of the relationship Mm. and I my husband is amazing and he's always been accepting of me and encouraging of me Um, but I wasn't accepting and encouraging of me. Mm -hmm. And in doing that work, I came to the point of accepting and encouraging myself, which has made the other pieces of it even better. Mm -hmm. Right. But it wasn't easy. Um, and so, and it doesn't always work that way for everyone. Yeah. Everybody's experience has to be their own experience and that's all okay. Yep. I think that, I mean, that's such a beautiful, like, just, yes, yes, yes. Everyone's experience is their experience and that's okay. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's a boundary in and of itself to just live by. That's your experience and that's okay. Yeah. And, and I can be okay with having a different experience and, Mm -hmm. and value and appreciate other people's experiences. Yeah. And Yeah, that's just, it's, that is such a powerful place to, to just be in the world. 
it is it's a really good place like there's no drama no judgment no whatever i'm like hey you do you long as it's it's working good and you know the world is a good place go for it yep yeah so awesome (laughs) absolutely awesome well i know we could go on forever and ever oh yeah Uh, so let's do this again let's do this again for sure okay yeah um Awesome. So thank you again. And how can people find you if they want your coaching? Yeah, they can just go to stinamarie.com and they can pretty much find everything there. I've got my books are on my site. I've got uh, a free uh, thought flow chart. That's super awesome for sorting through drama within yourself, especially anxiety, (laughs) thought loops, um, that I, I just used like last week, I was like spun out and I'm like, Stina, you literally created the tool from your life experience. <laughs> like go use it. And I, I went through the tool. It was like instantly shift. And I'm like, you know, palm to forehead, you know, moment. We always <laughs> got to like use our own advice. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. But that's all, everything's there on the website. So stinamarie.com. Yeah. Awesome. Sounds great. Well, I look forward to talking to you again. And thank you so much for taking the time today. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. Have an awesome day. You too. Bye. Bye. Okay. Awesome. All right. Excellent. All right. Sip of kombucha. Oh, I just sprayed kombucha. (laughs) This is my life. This is the blooper reel. This goes on the blooper reel. I got in my son's Jeep one day and my kombucha had been sitting there and it got kind of warm and I went and opened it like found all <laughs> over his Jeep. I was like, I'm so sorry. My worst experience to date has been I bought, I think it was coconut kefir yogurt or some, it was some real weird thing at the health food store in West Maine in Kalamazoo. <laughs> yeah. Thinking like this is going to be so amazing. Right. And I like open yeah. it and the, it was full and it had like oh. some like whey, you know, like fermented whey situation on the top. It's <laughs> everywhere. It smells like just ferment. It just, you know, that fermented smell. Like, right? Where you're like, is it vinegar? Is it wine? Is it mold? I don't know. And it's right? just everywhere. And I'm like, I'm leaning with one hand out the door because I got it fast enough out the door going, oh my God. Like, what, what do I do now? It's <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> That is so funny. <sighs> My first experience with kombucha ever in the world. I was, I, I had gone into Sawals. I was totally overwhelmed in Sawals because I'd never seen most of what's in there before. Mm-hmm. And I'm in the back corner and I was like, oh, I heard about kombucha. I'm going to get some mango. Sounds good. So I grab it and I, you know, get all my groceries and I get out to the car and I was like, I'm going to try this mango kombucha. And I'm wearing a white shirt and yellow pants <laughs> because it's summertime. And I'm driving down. Um, what was I driving down? Like I was driving towards uh, towards Westnidge and I was I got to a stoplight. And I'm like, I'm going to try that kombucha. So I reach in my bag. I get it. I crack it open and all over my pants, all over my car. All over, I'm like, what in the hell? What, what? It's like a, a kombucha cano, like a volcano <laughs> right? of kombucha. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. It was so funny. I was freaking out. I'm like, this is never coming out of my clothes. And it tastes terrible to boot. What is that? <laughs> Wasn't right? even a worthwhile sacrifice. <laughs>
Oh, That's how shit. I felt about the yogurt. I was like, this is not a worthwhile <laughs> sacrifice. I proceeded to tell everyone I knew not to buy that yogurt. I was like, just don't do it. <laughs> that is so funny. I might have to put this at the end of the interview. Oh, it's really so. out of town company that's going to be here. So I won't. won't we'll, ca- it, but we'll catch you next it. time. Yeah. Ne- cool. We'll catch you next time. All right. So let's get this started. <laughs> All right. I have to cut off 11 minutes, 31 seconds. <laughs> too funny defy gravity is here for you for your health body mind and spirit to bring you knowledge and education to empower you to own your life and be in charge of it come on in regularly for the knowledge that you need to support all of your life's objectives. I'm Juliana Sauber, traditional naturopath, and not only a survivor, but I've recovered. And I'm living free of health challenges that kept me down for almost two decades. So I'm here to share with you the things that I did to regain my health and get my life back and bring people to you that will also help you and give you more information and more perspectives and that is the key to creating the life that you want so welcome to defy gravity subscribe come back regularly please invite your friends share this podcast find us on facebook and instagram because we are here to meet your needs